Hey, welcome to the Lyric House Church podcast. Our mission is to host a house for him. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our live service. Make sure to check out our Facebook page for details about upcoming events and information on our small groups that meet throughout the week. Thank you for being part of our broader community, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for having your way inside of us and in our houses and our families, God. Thank you for dwelling inside of us and abiding with us, God. We love you and we're so thankful for the precious treasure that you've placed inside of us. Your holy presence that abides with us. That is crazy about us. We praise you, Lord. You are worthy to be praised and exalted. This is your house. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God is good. Amen. All the time. My goodness, guys. The Lord has just been showing up big time all week. I mean, he always does, but I mean, I just keep getting wrecked and revealed all these new things, and it's just so exciting. I just want to shout with joy. I know. Then sometimes I just want to do cartwheels. <laughs> or spin. Moonwalk. I was doing the robot earlier. We were having a dance party in here before church started. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, but today's good. It's the best day ever. You know why? Who knows why today is the best day ever? Come on, I know you guys have heard me say this before. Huh? Anybody? It is. It's the only day you get like this. You're never going to get it back. It's the only day. It's the best day. No matter the situation or circumstance. No matter the trial or the tribulation. He is good. He is with you through all things. Therefore, you have peace and endurance in all things. So count it all joy, my children, the Lord says. We can't control everything. No, we just go with the flow. 
Yeah. That's the truth. Mm. Tiffany's going to start us out. We're in Acts 8. Simon the Sorcerer is what we're going to be talking about. Uh, yeah. So, oh, hey, will you turn me up just a little bit? Um, let's act this out. You guys want to do this? We're going to act? Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good. I need some help this morning. I'm not going to act. No. You're going to I need you guys to do it. <laughs> so, I need... Um, I need... I'll be Philip, just <laughs> because I have to be able to guide us, okay? Dakota, you're Simon. <laughs> Hot mic. Sorry, sorry. Um, that was the sorcerer, so knock it off. We're not putting up with that. Um, I need... Uh, hold on. Can we just pray? Let's pray. Lightsaber. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Just thank you for your presence, God. We thank you that you reign and rule. We thank you that distractions have to go. That it's only you, Father. God, we mean it when we say, have your way. What do you want to do, God? What do you want to say? We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you that as your sons and daughters that we walk in that as well. Thank you, God. I love you. <sighs> okay, you guys good? Okay. So let's start with what we talked about last week. So we started off, um, we mentioned Simon the Sorcerer, remember? We've seen that um, Simon's um, and Samaria, and Philip had went out to Samaria. Who was Philip? You guys forgot? He was a deacon. Thanks, babe. You were paying attention. That's the word. Um, Hayden, will you get He's that one light that I complain about every single time? Not to be misunderstood with Philip the Apostle. There are two separate Phillips that they're referring better, to. Better, better, better. I think better. this one might Thank just you. be a tad hot. That's probably why it's going on. Okay. So we have um, Philip down in Samaria, and he is, there's just a revival breaking out. Everyone's excited. Everything's going nuts. And Simon the Sorcerer was his name, and he was um, in with the men and women that are giving their life to the Lord. And he's getting baptized. And then the disciples came in because they said, hold on. They don't have the Holy Spirit, remember? And so they came and they laid hands. And that whole town received the Holy Spirit. And so then th this is where we start. So what I need you guys to do is I'm going to be Philip. And I need a Simon the Sorcerer. And I need Peter and John. I think that's it. And then I need a bunch of believers. Can you guys handle that? You guys are believers? 
You sure? Who's our volunteers? Yes. Not come to the front. Just hop up. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Do you want to we be? We need three. I can be one of them if you want. I'll be John. <laughs> <laughs> God's beloved. Who are you, Justin? Okay. <laughs> Nobody was. It's j this is not real, guys. You don't actually have to be a sorcerer. <laughs> he just said he's Simon. Yes. Okay, thanks. I mean, I'm going to tell you, but then you have to read, too. So, um, Simon, I need you to read Acts 8.18 and Acts 19. Right up there. You see it? Yes, you're Simon. Um, you're just 18 through 19. Well, oh, are you? Oh, I thought you said you were. Okay, never mind. You, Justin, read 18 and 19. Okay? Um, actually, you just go stand by Justin. Uh, John. Yeah. And you're Peter then, Megan. So, Peter, you're going to rebuke Simon, okay? So, you're going to read 20, 20 21, and 22, and 23. And then you're reading 24. Got it? 24. Now, when Simon saw that the... Hey, no, 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 hold on. Hold on, hold on. That's... Get in character. So, okay. I was walking down the street one day. Thank you. Now, when I saw that the spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, I offered them money, saying, give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. You guys, he just said that he wanted to buy the Holy Spirit. How do you feel about Shut that, Peter and, and John? <laughs> oh, okay. Keep reading. Peter rebuked him and said, your money will, will go with you to destroy. I I I she is. She <laughs> well, I said, and I rebuked him and said, your money will go with you to destruction. How could you think? How could you think that you could purchase God's supernatural gift with money? You will have no part or, or share in this gift or take in this ministry. Um, for your heart is not right with God. Repent this moment for allowing such wickedness to fill you. Plead with, uh, sorry, the lights. Plead with uh, the Lord that perhaps he could forgive you for your treachery of your heart. For I discern that jealous envy has poisoned you and binds you as a captive to sin. Simon? Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Okay, thank you. Thank you. You guys did amazing. John doesn't talk. He's just supportive of Peter. Yeah. I'm just here. You just yeah. support. <laughs> All right, can we get a round of applause? Good job, guys. You guys did great. All right. So let me kind of explain this. I mean, they did such an amazing job. Here we have, we have Peter and John have come in, and they're laying hands for people to receive the Holy Spirit. You guys all fall out. Thank you. So you guys have all received the Holy Spirit. You guys are like burning and revival is happening. And Simon is just as excited as the rest of them. And he was like, hey, hey, like he's not catching on that this is a free gift. And Simon's like, I'll pay you. Like he was already going to get it. But he's like, I'll pay you. I got money. Can I have this too? Because he's not understanding. He hasn't actually, we want to believe that all these brand new Christians, they're born again and then they just get it. That they've just read every part, bit of scripture. That they have an understanding of grace and mercy and what salvation actually is. Like we want to believe that. And so what happens 
is that's not actually the case. We're not seeing that Simon quite has this understanding of what it means to have the Holy Spirit. So then what happens? Let's go, let's just kind of take it back a little bit, right? Let's go back from the beginning. So we have Simon. He's getting baptized. And so the disciples come down and Philip, and I'll be Philip. Okay, great, thank you. Philip has a lot to do today. So he has this whole entire town that's getting baptized. And so Peter has a lot that he has to figure out for the day. He's so excited. Revival's breaking out. People are laughing and crying in the corner. And who knows what's going on. People are falling out everywhere and, and, and just having this amazing time. The disciples have some work to do. Peter has, Paul, uh, not, Paul's not there yet. Philip has some work to do. And so he starts planning and he's preparing so here's Simon. Maybe Simon's just kind of hanging out, too. He's, got, he's with the rest of the people. They're all having a great time. And Philip's like, okay, so if we're going to baptize them, we have a lot to do for that. We're going to need food to feed everybody because it's a party, right? When we have a baptism, we have a party. So Lisa, Megan, I'm going to need you guys to organize the food. You guys got the food? Don't forget to ask Shanitha if she'll make it for us. And so um, who has the plates? Don't forget the plates. We have to eat with something. Okay, good. Um, drinks, we're going to need drinks. Um, oh, don't forget to invite all the family members because they'll, you know, like they all have to be there when people are invited, so we have to do that. Um, somebody make the baptism certificates. Who's doing that? Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Um, all right, so we got that, got that, got that. Um, where are we going to baptize them? Anybody think of that yet? Uh, Jason, will you do that? Will you baptize? Okay. So who's going to do the actual baptizing? Is it going to be me, you? Is it going to be the sure. disciples? All of them. Okay. Everybody. Okay, because it's going to take all of us because there's like hundreds of people right yeah. now getting baptized. Yeah, okay. let's do this. All right, so we got that. <laughs> so never mind. You can't do the food anymore. Find somebody else because I need you guys to do the baptizing. Okay. Um, oh, all right. So you, no, 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 you can't be there because Jace has football that night. So one of us has to be there for football. Maybe Trinity can do it. No, Trendy's due that month, so that's not going to work. Maybe Jalen can do it. She can take the kids. And no, that's River's birthday. We can't, Jalen can't do it. Okay, we'll figure that part out. All right, so um, follow with me, guys. I'm going somewhere. So we have everything that we think we need to do. Everybody's serving. Everybody's in their places. We take them. We baptize them. It's joyous. We have some mini sandwiches. Um, they have their, their, oh, the worship team is doing an amazing job. Um, we come back. Now here's Peter and, and John, and oh, they're coming to lay hands, and so everybody's a mess now, and nobody's cleaning anything up because, you know, who has time to think about that? But here's Simon, still all this time in the excitement as we were busy doing everything that we had to do, nobody ever taught him what the Holy Spirit was. Nobody ever discipled him. Nobody ever explained it. Heck, the rest of them didn't either. In fact, most of them are probably maybe in that same mindset of, I'll take the Holy Spirit. Sure, what is that? What are we doing? Oh, I don't know. They're all too busy working. So we'll just take whatever we get. And what I'm showing you here is there's a lot to this. So don't come at me because I'm not done yet. But we have a man here that the world hates. I'm, I'm Philip. I'm the good guy. Okay. We have this that... We actually have whole, like, religions formed off of what Simon Sorcerer's actions were. We have video games. Don't Google it. But there's video games about Simon the Sorcerer. Everybody hear this, hears this name, hates Simon the Sorcerer. 
There's some talk in like the, some of the books of the Apocrypha that he was actually who started Gnosticism and, and went off and lost his mind. We don't actually know what happened with Simon the Sorcerer because after this part in Scripture, we don't ever hear about him again. In fact, his name that they say is Simon Magus, but Magus actually just means sorcerer, so we don't know his name at all. This is just Simon the Sorcerer. So if we see Simon in history or in Scripture anywhere else after this, we have no idea which Simon it is. Is it Peter? Simon Peter? Is it? There's so many Peters. In fact, in this um, Greco-Roman time, that was a very, very popular name was to be Simon. Everybody and their brother was Simon. So we never, we don't think or know necessarily that we ever hear about this man again. And so we're left to assume that he went astray and that he lost his mind. We don't actually know. But let's talk about that in modern day, what that looks like modern today. So we, we get excited, and you know that Jason and I are all about evangelism. I'm there. If we're doing it, I'm there. I'm excited. I want to lay hands. I want to lead them to the Lord. In fact, Lord, let us into the high school. I want to blow the place up. Really want to do that. Um, not okay. I'm, I want to spiritually show them the Lord. Are we good? Are you guys? Thank you. What would I do without you guys? Okay, guys. <laughs> um, I want to see everybody find the Lord. I do. But are we prepared? Are we ready for what happens when they do? If we go into a school and 300 kids find the Lord, which one of you are giving up your afternoons to disciple them? Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Chelsea. You guys, thanks, guys. But for real, what are we doing? Because I'm thinking I'm already busy. Like, how am I supposed to do that? I'm trying to disciple my children. I'm trying to shepherd. I'm trying to work our stone job, work the coffee bar. Like, hence me do, getting ready for the baptism. Did you see where all that was going? Yeah. So creative. Somebody tell me. No, okay. <laughs> um, this is just the way my mind thinks. And we, as a society, want to see so much happen. Like, we are like, yes, all in, bring revival. What are the logistics? And I'm not really. Like, I am, I'm the Holy Spirit will flow with whatever he wants to do. Honestly, I mean that. Whatever you want to do, let's just do that, God. But there's also logistics. There's, there's details in the details. And we're, it's beautiful when you have people who are like that. But listen, we don't want to, we're not trying to be Martha's. We want to live like a Mary, but there's a reality to it. So what does this look like when we come in and we see this entire place um, falling in love with the Lord and we're not seeing any discipleship? What we see is someone that's saying, hey, I don't actually understand how any of this works, but I know that I was raised as a magician. That's probably what my parents did. It's all I've ever known. I've had to scheme and plan and steal and lie my whole life. And what you just showed me looks a heck of a lot easier than having to fake it. You know, a lot of the magicians would have to drug people. Like, they would get drugged to be able to believe that the trick was real. How would you guys like to go to a David Copperfield and, and have to deal with that? And they would drug the snakes. Yeah. Like. Right. I mean, it's. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Here we are. We're teaching you something better, Simon. So he's living this life of I don't know any different. And 
the disciples come in, and I feel like Philip is just sitting here. As, as Peter's rebuking him, I feel like Philip's like, oh, what's going on? Hold on, Peter. Just Why you got to be so rough with him? Settle down. These apostles have no chill. Where's the pastor so they can fix this and settle it down? Like, somebody come in here and tell him he's important, that we still love him, and, and Peter and John are over there rebuking people. It's fine. I'm an, I'll fix it later. Everything is fine. And so he comes in. He's offering this money. We see the place blowing up. And understanding that what he's walking in is what he thinks he's supposed to be. Okay? So he's, he's living this life of, this is what I do. This is what I grew up. I don't know any different. Have you guys un- ever understood, like, if you were to go to another country and go get a witch doctor saved, think about these things for a minute. Like you go into Benin, Africa, and you get a witch doctor saved. What are you going to do when you leave? Because your plane is leaving out tomorrow. What's that witch doctor going to do? Did you leave your Bible? He can't read English. Somebody tell me, what are we going to do? Well, hopefully you're connected to churches in the area. Well, that would have been a good thought. put them in the church. Yep. But I spent all of my money on the matching T-shirts that we all got to travel down there. Yeah, (laughs) I know. That's why I say it a lot. Because we have this idea that we needed to, like, spend a bunch of money to get there. And we spent two grand on airfare, but we didn't bring any food. or I mean, like, we didn't bring anything to share. We go in there. We get the witch doctor saved. I mean, we're posting it on our Instagram, man. Like, we are so, we are making sure that everybody knows that the witch doctor saved. And we're like... Love you, buddy. And we turn around, and we're gone. Share what that witch doctor said to you about us being divided over here in Christianity. Oh, so, yeah, we were ministering to a witch doctor, and um, we had just approached him and said, hey, um, we're just, and he spoke, no, he didn't speak English. Our interpreter helped us. And um, we said, hey, tell us. Like, what do you, what was it? What was it that voodoo, because he was a voodoo priest or whatever, um, what was it that drew you in with voodoo? Like, how come not, um, how come you're not a Muslim or because which is predominant in this area or even a Christian because there were churches. Benin is the voodoo capital of Africa. Yeah. And so likely it's because he, w- he, what's he grew up in, right? And it's what he knew. But that's not what he said. I, we said, how come you choose this religion? He said, well, you know, I looked into others. I looked into Christianity, actually. But every one of you are so divided. All of you are against each other, and every one of you have a different opinion on what your God says, thinks, feels, and acts, that I didn't want any part of that division. And we were just like, I mean, we had literally no argument, guys. We were like, you're right. Uh, can we talk about him anyway? No? Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was so right. I, I mean, I promise you, I, we mean well. Somebody means well. They post something on Facebook. They say something, and somebody attacks them. It, just, it doesn't make sense why we're so divided, guys. Um, but it, was, it made sense, and that actually changed my life. Like, that really did a lot for me when he said that, and um, changed a lot in my heart as well. Because here's the thing is, we want people on our side. We want to see them be Christians. We want to say another one, you know, for our team, another Christian. But we don't want to pour into that person. We don't want to do any other work to get it done. But here's the problem. We don't understand is our giftings, if we're asking God, what's my calling? God, where will you use me? I know that you want to. It's not for you. 
it's not for you. It's for the church. It's for the saints, for the bride, for the church. And so if we're saying, God, what is my calling? Where will you use me? Then be prepared to deal with people. And what's our saying, Lisa? People are hard. Love them harder. <laughs> because that's what we're doing it for. We're equipping the saints. It's for... Ephesians 4. We're, the church, the bride, is to love the Lord. But when we're walking in callings and giftings, it's to be able to equip other people. It's not so that we can be known. Just like the Holy Spirit wasn't for Simon to be able to use it for him now to walk in signs and wonders. It was for who he was going to lead. He just didn't get that yet. Yeah. But we can't fault him because we don't get it either. We don't. <laughs> right. We're all trying to figure this out together. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron. I mean. I don't, I'm not really trying to step on any toes today. Oh, that's Tim's job. That's not my job. But I also, like, I feel, sometimes I feel, like, protective over new believers because, and let me also under, make sure you understand, a new believer doesn't mean that you just got saved two weeks ago. That's true. New believers can be saved 10 years ago. They've never, never actually met Jesus. They've right. just never really walked with him, learned about him. I, was, I've, I don't remember when I got saved. Like, I don't have a time period. I don't remember. I re I've went to church my whole life found the Lord, fell in love with the Lord about 12 years ago. That that's, I remember. That's what you remember, that, yeah. Yeah, but I would have said, I had Bible verses on our wall. Yeah. I mean, it was covered with, like, you know, let's not, yeah, we won't. <laughs> but you begin Anyways. to learn his character and yeah. who he is. Yes. And who you are in him. Yeah. And that changes everything. Yeah. But we, we want... We want to give people, we want to give other Christians a hard time. Like, we want to, we want to. That's repentance. I am not ready for that yet. <laughs> you need to settle down. <laughs> That's repentance, though. <laughs> um, I was going renewed. somewhere. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm Thanks. going somewhere. You're forgiven. Too. Okay, you're going there? <laughs> no, go ahead. You're fine. <laughs> okay, hold on. Now I'm confused. <laughs> Metanoia. That's the Greek word for repentance. Yes, thanks, Justin. I'm protective of, of new Christians because they don't know what they don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't know what they don't know. And they need someone to come hand in hand. They need someone to say, hey, I, I want to teach you. Let me teach you who my Jesus is. Not because I'm going to gain anything. Not because we want another seat filled in our church. Not because we want someone else to come to our small group. Not because we need help, more help in children's church. I want to teach you God. Because if we actually, guys, think about it. If, if all of the Christians in this town actually love Jesus, what would it look like? How different would it look in the grocery store? How different would our children be acting at school if everyone that said that they loved Jesus actually, actually loved him and walked and looked like him? Walk in righteousness because you are righteous, not because you want to look righteous. There's a difference. Yeah, and that's good. what re religion will tell us. Just put your Sunday best on. You want to say something? No. Are you just standing? Okay. <laughs> put your Sunday best on and show up to church. And, and don't let anyone know that you guys were fighting in the car on your way here. Don't let anyone know that your kids are losing their mind. Don't let anybody know. Don't let anybody know. 
pretend, fake it till you make it. Don't be transparent. As long as they don't see you at church, I'll have time to come up to the altar, which this is not the altar, guys. We don't have, we, what room do we have for this anymore? Walk beca righteous because you are righteous, not because we want to look righteous. We have to stop pretending. Because it's not about looking, but it, in a sense it is because it's about seeing yourself righteous as he sees you, right? Yeah. And you're right standing with the Father. Yeah. So there's actually a term for what's, what happened with Simon. This poor guy, he just really couldn't catch a break. Um, if you can't tell, I'm, always, I'm kind of always for the underdog. Um, the one that everyone else is like, no, cast him out. I'm like, we like to on. go back for the one. Tell me about that one. I want to know about that one. So there was actually this term called simony that was developed because of what happened. Now, we don't see a lot of simony in our church culture, culture necessarily um, like they did in this. But what that was is that people would, churches, um, we actually seen this a lot of in like the, uh, um, like the Middle Ages. They would sell church offices. And so, and like, you know, the Lord needs to place you in church offices. But this was like, how, who, how much money do you got? I'll sell you this, this office of priest. And they would get into the church and the leadership by how much money they had. It's called simony. But here's what I was, the Lord was telling me, is no, we don't really see people buying. You know, Jason and I didn't buy into the church. We, we had to buy it. Like, we did have to buy it. Anyway, you guys get what I'm saying. Um, we were born into it. The Lord asked us, he said, hey, will you do this? And we, I, kicking and screaming, said maybe. And so. And then God showed up with a bunch of chairs, a bunch of equipment, and he said, here's everything on your list. See, I want you to start thanks, a church. Thanks, Lord. And, but what we do still see within this, this heart of simony is we've actually known people that say that they believe in the Holy Spirit, but instead of trusting that the Holy Spirit will show up and do what he said he will, they try to force it. So we've actually known people that would bring gold dust and like gold jewels in their pocket. Follow me, guys. And what they would do is like the Holy Spirit would be strong and they would bring him out and be like, oh my God, look what the Holy Spirit did. And they have like this handful of jewels. Or like they would like throw gold dust up and be like, there's gold dust. Look how he's manifesting. And they would like follow this and believe this. Why do you think that guy did that? What, what did he have to gain from that? Anybody? Why would you fake it? To what? Notoriety. Serving the people? He's, yeah. He wants people to think that he's so spiritual. He's so in touch with the Lord. It's not very far off, guys, when we pray for, and I'm, listen, this is close to my heart because I've done this. I've prayed and said, God, you've got to show up right now because there's a lot of people looking. There's a lot of people wanting this person to get healed, and they're all watching. God, I believe it, and I, I think I believe it. I'm not actually sure if I do if I'm asking you to show up. But our heart is we don't want it to be God because I don't want them to look at me. But because we start to worry about what people think and we start to worry about pleasing man, we get this mindset of, well, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to build, I've got to make it look like this. 
And we see that across the board with so many churches. Just because a church is big and has money doesn't mean it's blessed. And I'm not, I love big churches. Like, that's not anything, I'm not trying to, like, uh, like poke at them. But we have this mindset in our culture that because it's big, that it has to be blessed. And that's not necessarily true. The more we have doesn't mean that the more God is in it. So when Peter says, you have no part or share in this ministry, Peter's straight up rebuking him. He's mad. Philip's trying to deal with it. And he says, you have no part in this ministry. This is, hold on, let me read it. You have no part or share in this ministry. This is the same wording that Jesus actually used to Peter. When Peter said, God, I can't wash, like, you wash my feet. And John 13, 8, he says, I can't, no, like, no, other way around. Let me wash your feet. I, you can't wash my feet. It's the same wording when Jesus is like, if I don't, I, you can't have a part in this with me. It's the same thing. It's the same wording that Peter had already once heard that now he's saying to Simon. So maybe this wasn't so much of a rebuke, like we want to believe it was, because we always think that God is mad in scripture. Or maybe it was more of this, training in this learning like hey stop you can't buy the holy spirit but we haven't taken the time to explain this to you so let me start to explain this to you so now let's talk about metanoeo 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 it's like your waffle metanoeo oh no can you say it correctly? Metanoia. Metayono. Yeah. Great. Well, look at you to say it every time I need to. Okay. Thanks. Somebody get her a microphone. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's like, all right, never coming back here. <laughs> so let's talk about this repentance. These are our new friends, guys. Hi, new they friends. flew in from Jersey. All the, just to come to church. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so in 22, it says, repent this moment for allowing such wickedness to fill you. Plead with the Lord that perhaps he'd forgive you the treachery of your heart. So he's telling him, Simon, you need to repent. So somebody tell me, those of you guys that know, don't tell me. Oh, gosh, that's not, that's really setting you up for failure. Somebody tell me what repent means. To turn away. What are some things, what are some things you've heard <coughs> growing up that repent means? Apologize. What? Beg, beg for beg forgiveness. For forgiveness yeah. When? How often should we beg? Every night before bed. Mm. Twice on Sundays. <laughs> Twice on Sundays. Uh, how do you do that? I don't know how. The, the Greek Orthodox Church has it as to change one's mind. Or to do a, trans a transformation, a change of heart. Yep. Yeah. Hebrew, the Hebrew and the Greek both mean to turn. Well, Hebrew means to turn, and what did we say Greek means? To change one's mind. To change one's mind, yep. Metaneo. Metaneo. Oh. Thanks. Metaneo. Metaneo. Nice. That's right. Can you just follow me around and talk? <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks. <laughs> so here we are, like, we're having this understanding that we're so angry right when we're reading this right along with Peter and you're like yeah you get him you tell him to beg for forgiveness Peter but that's not actually what he's saying he's saying Simon man 
you got to turn around. Like, you've got to give this stuff away. I know that this is all you've ever known. I know. I know that this is all you, that you understand. I know this is probably how you're raised. I know that this seems really exciting that now that if you have the Holy Spirit that you can do greater things. But, man, you got to turn around. That this is not who you are anymore. And I want to show you something better. I'm going to say something. Jason's going to talk a little bit on repentance. Yeah, go ahead. Talk right. a little bit on repentance. You really want me to go now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I just have this like plan in my head, and you if do. I don't do it, then well, you, you might I don't share get everything it with out. <laughs> what? I said you might share it with me. Oh, no. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I just, to me, the most powerful form of repentance is an understanding of the love that our Father has for us. Because we've, we've gone for so long without knowing who we truly are as a son of God. This is, this is, there's, there's only one love that cannot be changed by our behavior. You know, everybody in here, we all have our quarrels with each other in our marriages, you know, and stuff happens. And situations and circumstances rise up and we get heated and yada, yada and stuff. There's only one love that cannot be changed by our behavior. And it has the power to change our behavior by letting it freely work inside of us. By agreeing with the unchangeable love that our Father has for us. And notice the key word there, our Father. It's not just somebody else's that's been doing good deeds as father. It's our father. Jesus said when you, when you pray, pray our father. Hmm. To me, that's the most powerful form of repentance. Is to begin to have an understanding of who you are and who he says you are. Because that empowers you to live free of all the pig pens of life. You know, all the, just like the prodigal son, okay? He was wallowing around with the pigs and the pig pens. Didn't think he was good enough because he had swindled his parents' inheritance. Didn't think the father would ever want him to come back because he didn't understand how the father truly loved him. But then when he comes back thinking that he could at least be a slave, in his father's house, his father greets him, puts a robe on his shoulders and sandals on his feet and a ring on his finger and throws a huge party for his son because he came back home. He came back. He realized who he was. He's back. It empowers us to live free of all the pig pens of life. Being able to live from God's inherited kingdom that he's given us an inheritance to live from. As a son, holy, set apart, one with the Lord. 
our inheritance from our Father, our Father. Jesus, how should we pray? Pray our Father. I just that's so intriguing to me. Our Father. He just in that moment included them all. It's like it's our Father. And they see all the they see how Jesus reacts and speaks to the Father and how the Father is using Jesus. And then in that moment he's like it's our Father. You're just like me, my brother. Because this is our Father. I must go because I'm going to send a helper. And that helper comes to infill you with his presence from our Father so that you can have power from on high, from our Father. To be one with the Father. Mm. Jumping off all my notes. It's okay, though. Does anybody know how to quote the Lord's Prayer? I would, I would encourage you. I mean, you could quote it real quick so you, somebody can hear it if you want to. But, but I would encourage you to go through the Lord's Prayer at some point and to really seek out the words in the Lord's Prayer and to begin to understand what it's truly saying in the Lord's Prayer. I don't have time to get into it now, but someday maybe we will because it's a radical mind shift of repentance that's going to take place in you when you realize what God is conveying through his prayer by finding the true root meaning of the words that are in the Lord's Prayer. Man, I'm all over my notes. Was it Luke 15? I think it's Luke 15, verse 11 is the Lord's Prayer. So if you guys want to write that down, Luke 15. Pretty sure it's verse 11. Or is that the prodigal son? Maybe that's the prodigal son. That's the prodigal son. Yeah. And if you haven't heard the story of the prodigal son, go read the prodigal son. Yes. Good job. Good job, Megan. Matthew 6, 9. Yes, that's right. That pig pen mindset is no longer unless we decide to pick it up and put it on. It's our choice. We choose to be separated from our Father through our choice, through our mind, our will, and emotions. We pick up separation and put separation on versus putting Christ on as being one with the Father. You know, the, uh, the prodigal son was sin conscious. He was conscious of his sin and what he had done rather than being conscious of his father and who he is and how much he loved him. And with us, we become sin conscious versus Christ conscious. By being Christ conscious of what he's done and who we are with him. We take our eyes off of that and we put it on the sin and the separation and our business, our things, our marriage, our relationships. Instead of focusing on the one that can heal all things, that does heal all things, that restores all things, that reconciles all things, that is all things and in all things, that is the way and it'll always be the way. 
that can heal your marriage if you just shift your eyes and focus on him and him alone and bring him right here in your marriage. It's what radically shifted our marriage is the realization of how for us he truly is and how for our marriage he really is. You know, 12 years ago, our marriage didn't look like this. But, but Jesus. Jason was mean to me. You were mean to me too. <laughs> but it's been a process. It doesn't happen instantly. It's a growing process. It's a learning process of learning who you are and who Christ is and who you are as a married couple with him and being his bride. Yeah, where your focus is. Yeah. That's right. And in those areas, fear rises up, right? When we're in a heated debate with our loved one, fear rises up. You know, what's going to happen? You know? I mean, you never, you don't, in those moments, it's just fear. You're overtaken with fear. But that fear keeps us in a slave mentality. Well, we're not slaves. We're sons. Joint heirs with Christ. It keeps us in that poverty mindset. Because we step out of faith and we step into fear. A mindset of fear. The opposite of fear is faith. Yeah. 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 It it robs us of the the very thing that our father has for us. It robs us of the treasure that he has, yeah. You know, speaking of sanctification, so often what we see is, you know, we'll get to, we'll see someone find the Lord and they're on fire for like they're on fire. Like they're so excited and like they don't know anything yet they have so much to learn they also haven't been tainted by anything yet and then what so often which i makes me sad but it's more often than not what we see is that fire starts to dwindle and they're not doing anything to keep that fire stoked because we think that like he'll just do something in us without us doing anything this is what we're talking about yes i'm a grace girl you guys know i believe in grace but we also know that it the works, they're dead without it. Like, we have to do something if we, like, we have to, yeah, I'm, I, yes, be with the Lord. Yes, spend time with him. Yes, let him talk to you. Obviously, we're saved by grace, not by works. But if we are, if we're not pressing in, if I first met Jason and I never spent any time with him, I didn't get to know, I didn't know his birthday. I didn't ask what his favorite color was, what he, what his favorite food was. If I never cared to get to know him, would our relationship have sustained? It wouldn't have. And eventually we'd have been like, I don't even, you're not, I don't know anything about you. So I'm just, I'm going to go this way. You're going to go that way. Um, we tried. That's so often what happens in Christianity. Like we, we, we get on fire, we get excited, we find the Lord, and then we don't do anything to pursue him. And we live like that for 10 years and call it a Christian. Who, who are you with? Who are you around? What are you doing with your time? And it's so hard when we find, so often we find the Lord, we want to go right back into the people that we, that 
we hung out with before or the the job that we had before. And I'm not telling anyone to quit their right jobs. Right but back into the pig pen. Right back into the pig pen. Yep. Right back into the music that we listen to. And right back into the movies that we used to watch. We are not doing anything to change who now, this is not who we are anymore. We're not going to fit in that mold. Repentance. Transforming your mind to align with who Christ says you are and who you are versus what the world says. The transformation is taking place. Jesus, yeah. From a place, yeah. Right. That's right. Come on. Did you guys hear what Jamie said? You you repent. Yeah, go ahead and give her the mic. No, it's really good. It's also for the podcast, so people yeah. will like hear not hear on the podcast. So my name is Soteria, and I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> uh, no, I just basically said that um, we repent because not because we're trying to get to the access, but but we already have access, and from that place. We, we're tapping into, I mean, like, we're, you said it, we're hidden in Christ. We're, yeah. we're joint heirs with Christ right now, yes. not later. Right. So from that place, like, what does he access every day with the Father? Because I can access that every day with the Father. I don't have to wait till I've earned it at the end of my life when I'm then physically seated with Christ. No, right now. So that's basically that's it. That's right. And that's, that's what Jesus said when he came out of the wilderness and he started his ministry, right? What did he say? He said, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Renew your mind. Take on transformation. Turn away from Turn that away stuff. from that religious yeah. crap and repent for the kingdom of God is here right now inside of you. Right here. All you're ever going to need. Everything you need is right here. It says the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy. And what? The Holy Spirit. The kingdom of heaven is inside of you. If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have the kingdom of heaven. You have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Are you going to tell us? Yeah. You got you to find out his character and who he is. Yeah. You got to see, begin to see yourself as you're looking in a mirror. Right here, in this. Renew our mind every single day. You begin to speak differently. Mm -hmm. You begin to think differently. Yep. Yeah. Starts with a thought, then yep. a word, and then an action. Every morning. Yep. Yeah. And what the world Sometimes says. in the middle of the night. <laughs> So in Exodus yes. 3, 13 and 14, yes, the fragrance. <laughs> I like that. We might get there. <laughs> then Moses said to God, 
if I come to the people of Israel, which, who's Israel now? Us. Yeah. We were engrafted in. Okay? So, if I come to the people of Israel, this is Moses speaking, and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? It'd be pretty cool to have that conversation with the Lord. Yeah, he says, I am who I am. Yeah, right? The great I am, I am. The I am has sent me to you. God said, I am. He said, tell them that my name is I am. And to all the future generations is what it says, right? Every time we use the name I am, I am weak, I'm sick, I'm poor, I'm lonely, I'm depressed, I have anxiety, I'm not good enough. We are blaspheming God. Every time. I know that hits hard. It hit me hard when I had the revelation. But it's okay. You're still in Jesus. You know, you don't have to get scared. <laughs> but we do an altar call? you're blaspheming the word of God because he doesn't say you are those things. Yeah. He says you are healed. You are saved. You're delivered. You're preserved. You're set free. You're one with him. You're sozoed, saved, healed, delivered, set free, preserved. The word sozo is the word for saved in the Greek. And it's all those words combined into one word. That's where we get the word salvation. That's where we see the word healed. It's always the word sozo. I am saved. I am whole. I am one with my Father. He's delighted with me and well-pleased. For he has set me free from myself and no longer am I oppressed in my mind. For he rules my mind and I put him on daily. For when I look into the mirror, I see a wonderful, loving son that he is so delighted and well-pleased with because I am his beloved and he is mine. Begin to speak like that in your life, over yourself, and you'll see transformation. You'll see true repentance in yourself. It starts with yourself, and then it spreads into your house, into your home, and out into the world around you. Because it puts off a sweet aroma, the oil from heaven. It puts off a fragrance that is desired. Like Dakota was saying, what was the scripture you pulled up earlier? Second Corinthians 2.14 says, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us reveals the fragrance of the knowledge of him in every place. And the, uh, the root words there, which is funny because I was sitting up here starting to greet, and I had no idea Jason was talking about this, but I was reading about fragrance. And fragrance, from what 
I'm I'm not good at the research yet, but I try. Um, Ozme is a smell derived from odzo, which is to give out an odor, either good or bad, to smell, emit a smell of a decaying corpse, <laughs> a dead body. So each day we die to ourselves, yeah. and it's Christ that lives through us. Come on. Good job. God's so pleased with you. <laughs> All of you. Hmm. We're all dead in Christ. So no longer do we fear death. We're excited about death. Death is gain. Yeah. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. No, it's one of the best things that can happen. <laughs> hmm. If the most precious place inside of you is the I am, it's the most precious thing that you have, the treasure, the holy treasure, the I am treasure is inside of you. So why would we choose to speak in such a way that doesn't line up with who he says we are? Because we've been lied to for a long time by the world and the things the world has to offer. And we didn't know who we are and who he made us to be. But that's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing now. We're coming together and we're iron sharpening iron. And we're, we're breaking these chains and this separation from hell and the thought of hell. And coming into a unification with the Father and oneness and our I amness with the Father. Because we we're created in his image. And he spoke everything into existence. Therefore, we speak into existence as well. I am full of life. I am full of joy. I have unspeakable joy. I am loved. Come on, everybody, speak it. You, your ears need to hear your mouth say it. I'm his favorite, yes. Hmm. Come on, who else? I'm redeemed. I've been set free. Here's what we run into, though. Whenever we say things like that, whenever we proclaim, I'm his favorite, what happens is people start to, to pick up arrogance. And they're like, well, she's so conceited. Like, she thinks that yeah. she's God's favorite. Uh -huh. But actually, yes. <laughs> but it's not arrogance. It's confidence. It's Godfidence. I am, I can, and I will do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not arrogance. That's faith in my Father. That's me knowing who I am. Yeah. But religious wants us to Godfidence. believe that we're this old, deadly, wretched sinner. wretched sinner that maybe one day God will use me. Maybe one day I'll get to heaven if I can just inch in, if I can just, I've heard so many people be like, if, oh my gosh, can I tell the story? Did I tell I the story really last know. time? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's usually what happens. Story time. But 12, 13 years ago, that was my mindset. But what were you going to say? I was on a phone call with the I shouldn't say who it was. Uh, I'm scared. I was on a phone call and I was trying to get um let's just say like 
I'm dealing with lots of stuff because of the 501c3 and taxes and stuff like that and trying to get us exempt from stuff. And so I'm on this phone call, just not arguing with the guy, but I feel like he thinks I'm arguing, but I wasn't because I didn't even really know what was happening. And oh, okay. um, completely oblivious to anything. Um, and he's like, uh, well, I don't, finally we, we get to the bottom of what it was that I was asking and what it was that he needed, and he realized that he wasn't understanding me. And he goes, oh, 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 I get it. Okay, I don't ever interfere with taxes in church. That's, that's my rule. I don't interfere with taxes in church. And I'm like, okay, great. Yeah, okay, thanks. That actually benefits me, so thank you. But I'm so lost. And he goes, because I'm hoping that that secures my spot in heaven one day. And you, that's the wrong thing to say to me. Like, I'm just like, and I was like, oh, I don't know you. I have no idea who you are. I mean, I do because we have to vote him in. Anyway, I said, buddy, I think that you have a secured place if you love the Lord. And he was like super uncomfortable. He was like, okay, anyway, you're good to go. <laughs> but it breaks my heart that we have that mindset that we walk in this. God, if I do, if I can, if I, if, if you, if I, if I, if I can just sneak into heaven by doing something really good, like not interfering with taxes and, he and church, then maybe I'll get there. Because we don't know him, guys. Yeah. And we don't know who we are. But we do. We, we do. do. We do. We are, we are glowing from knowing. Look at all you guys. You're all just glowing out there. <laughs> You're glowing from knowing. Look at that. I mean, look at the smiles on everybody's face. <laughs> It just brings <laughs> forth joy. I think they're laughing at us. No, we're not. <laughs> 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 Jamie's going to kill me. Jamie's like, I was up all night. I had a triple shot. Stop taking my pictures. But I want to challenge. Yeah, the happy Jesus. I want to challenge the church. Us. Right here. Okay. And then you're not going to be able to pull this off perfectly. It's okay. That's how we grow. But I want to challenge you to repentance, to a true repentance of what love really looks like and who you are as a son. Stop trying to repent from your dead works and repent. Have a transformation of knowing who you are in Christ. And begin to let your words reflect that when you speak. Begin to look in the mirror and see yourself as he sees you. He's delighted and well-pleased with you. He's excited about your day with him. You wake up and do that in the morning, you'll see a shift take place. form of repentance to ask the Holy Spirit to please search your heart and the deep the deep corners of your heart and to bring to the forefront of your mind the things that you've hidden and tried to hide in yourself so you can bring them forward and confront them and actually repent and turn from them and let that out of you yeah. because it's not good just having that deep down in there yeah and you don't even know you do it what, Megan? I'll just say, uh, be prepared that mm -hmm. just be prepared when you ask for that. It's not always pretty. It's not always like, oh yeah, just let's just throw those away. Yeah. It just it does take work and he'll he'll answer your prayers, just be 
Yeah, but you're dying to yourself. It's good. And you're beginning to walk out in your new creation and who he's created you to be. When we ask him for things like that, then we'll be put in situations to see then, our, is it, did it all come out? You know, did, it, did we see it all go or is there still a little bit there that we're dealing with? So if, you, if we truly, authentically say, God, search my heart, and he does and he calls something out, what then will we do with it? So it's almost as if we're going on an I am not fast. Oh, fasting. Okay. Fasting from who I am not. Okay, okay. I can do that. And resting, and resting in who I am in Christ. Becoming more Christ conscious of who he is and who I am in him. Yeah. We're going to take these thoughts captive and bring them back to the obedience of Christ. His obedience, not our own. You know, all right, so some, some, some of us are thinking, but what about this and what about that? There's situations and circumstances, and how do I find joy in this situation or circumstance? You know, in the moment. Because sometimes it's not easy, right? Stuff happens, right? The thing is, is that what you're going through in the moment might be a truth. But is it the truth that overcomes all other truths? Does it line up with the truth? We speak the truth. We don't speak the situation or circumstance. We speak the truth. So the Bible says that we're drawn to repentance by what? His kindness. Yeah. It's not his wrath. It's not his anger. It's his kindness. Leads us to repentance. And I think that we forget that. And we have this, we have this understanding. Understand when the Bible was translated in about the 14th century in English that they were like obsessed with the wrath of God. And I'm not trying to s change the Bible, I believe. 100% wholeheartedly in the Bible, that it's God's word, it's, it's what, how he speaks to us, his Holy Spirit speaks, it's alive, but also understanding that this was translated and translated and translated, and so we are at the mercy of who translated it for us. So when we read, when they translate the word, turn around to repent, and then we all believe that it means to beg God for forgiveness and to, and to try really hard to get it, then we teach our children that and our children's children see where this goes, right? And so with this understanding of wrath 
and this wrathful, vengeful God, then we read things like we're drawn to repentance by, repentance by his kindness. Like I thought he was going to kill my whole family and, and take us all out and women, children alike. Like we, we see such a, 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 like a different version of this. Like which one is true? So we have to have this understanding of then what is repentance? What is salvation? What is the wrath of God? You want to talk about it? Lisa, you want to help us talk about the wrath of God? Come on up. You have to use a mic, though, because it has to be recorded. I'm going to sit down now. Okay. So last week I was praying for some friends of mine that just deal with, oh, sorry, is that good? Last week I was just praying for some friends of mine who um, just seemed to walk through a bunch of yuck a lot, and um, I heard him say, vengeance is mine, and I was like, okay, that sounds scary. So I typed it into the Bible app because I wanted to see um, what that meant, and I was taken to Romans twelve nineteen, and it says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And I've been trying to unlearn this wrathful God. I grew up in a lot of religion, and um, it was really confusing to hear the wrath of God turn or burn, fire and brimstone, and then go to Sunday school and sing Jesus Loves You. And so um, I've been trying to really just redirect my thought process of him because if I don't know who he is, then I don't know who I am. And I can sit here and I can say, Megan, you are loved and chosen and redeemed, and I fully 100% wholeheartedly believe that because I know that his word is true and I know that that's what he says for you, but I couldn't accept it for myself for some reason. And so I've just been really like digging into that and trying to unlearn this religious mindset and relearn who he truly is. And so I, I was turned off by that. I was like, I don't want to read this verse. It says wrath and that scares me. So I looked it up in Strong's Concordance. He just kept nudging me and the word wrath, um, was this word O-R-G-E with a little thingy on top of the E. I don't know what it's called. I don't know. Anybody? Should we write it? (laughs) (laughs) O-R-G-E with a little line above the E. No? (laughs) She's like, I'm not. That's fine. That's fine. Um, Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll just say that. Um, but it said, properly desire as a reaching for or excitement of the mind, that is, by analogy, violent passion. But there was another little thing that you could look up right there, and that word came from another word that was O-R-E-G-O-M-A-I, and it means to stretch oneself, that is, to reach after or long for. And I feel like the Lord was just teaching me in that moment, like he was not mad or anything. And does the Lord get to do whatever he wants? Yes. I don't know. But this moment he was teaching me, I 
Vengeance is mine, and I will send my wrath because I am longing for that person to turn back to me. I am longing, my heart is breaking, you know? And so it gave me a new perspective, and then I started praying for that person. You're not on, babe. Isn't it wild, though? Once we understand this, we have to continue to set our mind on receiving his affections for ourselves, making what he believes about me to be true and resting in his performance, not my own. And that is metaneo. That's repentance. The wrath of God is understanding who he really is and what the Bible says it is. Pressing in to learn this God that maybe we've sat idle with and, and wanted to know, but actually learning his true character and what his word means. A metaneo moment. Oh, those are good moments. You know, I was sharing the wrath thing with Uncle Mark yesterday morning over coffee, and he opened up his Bible, and his Bible said, anger, right there. And then he about picked up his Bible and threw it across the room. <laughs> <laughs> It's just taken out of context, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Also with the understanding that everything that God did was to protect the seed of Jesus, right? We know that. He's all throughout history, yeah. All throughout history, He's and which is then protecting the church protecting you and I and I like I've said this often like um if you mess with my kids it's gonna drum up some things too right like I'm I'm gonna feel a certain way and I'm gonna do what I can and what I need to do to protect them I mean it might have been their fault but I still have to be on their side right I can say this is not who you are this is not we'll deal with that later we'll talk about this but in the end, I'm going to be on your side. We're going to stand together, and we're going to learn better and do this better, just like the Lord does with us. You know, God's never been like a, a yes or no kind of God. His aunt is, <laughs> he's a yes and amen kind of God, right? For Jesus, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. This is 2 Corinthians 1, 19 and 20. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, Paul, and I preach to you. And God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ our amen, which means yes, truth, and certainty. It ascends to God for his glory. God's never had a no in his heart towards you. It's always been a yes. We were lied to. Most of us were at some point in our lives to think that God separated himself from us when all along it was us separating ourselves from him because of our thoughts. 
God wants your hearts. He's got a constant yes for you. He just wants your hearts. He wants relationship with his kid. He's in a constant love relationship with you. Yes. Wish for a relationship. Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas or strength that comes from God's grace, not from rules about food which don't help those who follow them. We must let Jesus be our guide. He's our source. He's the source to our most complete life. To our most complete family, relationship. In him yesterday is confirmed in today. And today mirrors tomorrow. Because it's the best day ever. You're never going to get it back. It's the only day you get with him. The moment, this present very moment you have with him. What God has spoke to us in Christ is as relevant now as it always has been. And it always will be. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's good news. Yeah. Our salvation carries more authority than anything that ever happened in our past or anything present in time or still to happen in the future. Just to understand salvation. Salvation is so deep to go into an understanding of what it truly means to be saved. We have such a shallow... But how simple it is, too. Yeah, it's so simple, but yet so deep. Yeah. So much. So... I don't know what you got planned, but I just want to share something if that's all right. Let me wrap up Simon the Sorcerer. Okay, wrap it up. So. Wrap it up, baby. The last thing that Simon said was pray for me. Pray for me. Simon says. (laughs) I wonder if that's where we got that from. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said has come upon me. And so what he's saying is he's, he's asking for what we know is the word prayer, but he's saying, please, will you please ask God? I don't know. Like, there's so much that I don't know, I don't understand. Will you go ask him? Will you talk to him for me? Because he doesn't have this understanding. He's already been rebuked, and he's saying, I don't want this. Does that, that doesn't actually sound like the language from somebody that's unsaved. All of these things that he's saying, if he was unsaved, he should have already been wicked. Why were we worrying about the wickedness filling him? Uh, if he he should if he was unsaved he had treachery already why were we t- worried about this this isn't Peter it, not talking to an unbeliever here and I just wanted to maybe have you guys change perspective on how you've seen Simon the sorcerer if you've never heard of him then that's fine here you are for the first time but we hear so often that he was this awful man who tried to buy the Holy Spirit and then 
Any, when you try to go look into this, they can't actually prove it. There's no actual source to prove it. But history wants to say that he, st that he went downhill from here. But what if that's not what happened? What if, this is, what if this is an idea of, guys, this is what the church does. We, when we lead people to the Lord, we don't leave them behind. We don't drop them and say, figure this out on your own. This is on the church, then disciple. We also see that, like, we've been going all through Acts. We're seeing Stephen. We're seeing Saul um, eventually becoming Paul. We're seeing... Um, uh, Philip and all of these men coming to Christ. Like, if, if this was an unbeliever, then they put it in a really weird spot here in Scripture. And in fact, 8 9 says, But there was a man named Simon, this Simon, who had previously practiced magic when they're introducing him. This was the beginning of the introduction. They said he previously uh, practiced this magic. So I believe that we're not looking at a man who was unsaved, we're looking at a man who needed disciples. We're looking at a man who needed to continue to walk this out. And I just want to give you guys a little bit of perspective on that and to encourage you in discipleship, to encourage those that are new believers, to encourage you guys that are like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I have no idea what any of this is. Keep going, guys. Keep going. Keep going. Keep pressing in. Keep looking at the Lord. Press into your word. Yep. And this isn't like a plug to get you to come to church. You guys know that's not really, that's not who we are. But if you want to learn, if you want to be in community, if you want to um, grow in this, this is a really good place to start. Small groups, a really good place to start. But more importantly, it's your relationship with Christ. Gnosko is the word that we know to, to be intertwined with the Lord, to actually know him on a level other than just knowing him. Guys, Press into the Lord, understand him, know him like that so that you can have this relationship. And we haven't all, like, arrived. Like, it's not like I'm saying we've all made it, we've got there, this is it. Keep going, keep pressing in, keep asking, Lord, what does it look like? Lord, tell me more about you. I don't stop, now that Jason and I have been married for 20-something years, I don't stop pressing in. I don't stop doing things for him. I don't stop getting to know him. I don't stop asking him questions. I want to know more now than I ever have. That's the truth. Our relationship's stronger now than it ever has been. It's, it hasn't always been peaches and rainbows and almonds. Isn't that what we said? But now it's like bright peaches and bright rainbows and delicious almonds. And almond milk. But they're chocolate-covered almonds. Chocolate-covered, right? yeah. We did just have some of those. But also, he's annoying sometimes, too. Yeah. So let's not get excited. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, you know. Especially, especially when I snore. <laughs> That's right. know it yeah yeah well, I, you were gonna say something I'll, I'll just do it next week oh you're gonna save it okay all right so um i'm gonna go ahead and go right into um uh, announcements thanks i'm gonna go right ahead and go right into announcements then we're gonna pray and you guys are gonna go watch the super bowl
<laughs> Family business meeting. Everybody's so excited today. All right, so um, family business meeting next. Will that be next Saturday? Whatever, it's the 24th. Um, make sure that you get on the Facebook page and you uh, RSVP if you're going so we know how much food we're going to be going over. This is our first, our annual meeting for the 501c3. Um, we will have food. There will not be child care, but of course kiddos can come because our kids have to eat too. So. We really, really want everybody here so that we can, um, two weeks from, okay, two weeks, uh, so we can um, share so much with you guys. All right, questions about that? Good? You guys planning on coming? <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Megan will be there, don't worry. All right, baptisms, March 17th. We have, a, we have about four or five that are signed up now. Um, if you want to be baptized or if you're feeling like the Lord is, is encouraging you to get baptized again, get a hold of me and we will give you details. There will be a light lunch for everybody afterwards. So if you have family that comes, then they can stay and snack as well. Um, VBS, July, we set the date, right guys? July 22nd through the 26th, right? Okay. So I don't have a graphic for that because we don't have everything together for that. But we do know that BBS is going to be July 22nd through the 26th. We have a lot of help, but we can always use more if you want to come. And um, if our high schoolers, <coughs> Kinnaman kids, if they want to help with VBS, um, there's a space for you to do that. We would love for you guys to help. Even um, if you don't have a kid in it or... Um, if you don't even serve in kids' ministry, VBS is such a fun week, guys. There's so much fruit. It's so good to be around. the. I'm, I'm authentically, li listen, I know I have six kids, and kids are hard sometimes, but it's really a fun week. You're going to be tired, but it's a fun week, um, and the Lord, is his presence is here, and, and he is very well pleased as well. So um, one other thing is we are going to be starting a... Um, it's called the Gnosko Discipleship Course, and it's going to be a, um, like a Christianity 101. And we'll eventually have 102 and 103, but right now we're starting a 101, and it's going to be in the afternoon. Um, it's going to be a course that is going to be more like a teaching, like school setting. And unlike our discipleship, our discipleship is usually one-on-one, -on -one and it's super relaxed. Um, this is going to be just for if you're like, I have no idea um, what is what do we believe as a church? Like, what does our church family believe? What is, um, what are we doing? Why are we even here? Then we'll talk about that during that course. I don't have all the details yet, but I believe it will be about an eight-month course. Don't freak out. It's only going to be once a month. So once a month, one night a week, or one night a month for about eight months, and then we'll be done with that course. As we get going, it may be quicker. It may be more. We don't know how to do anything fast around here. So... Um, but it will just be a course on understanding what we call basics but may, may not be so basic. Okay? Any questions about that? I don't really know when yet. So I'll let you know when. I want, we want to be starting that within the next month or so. Um, and then anything else? I can't think of anything else. If you guys want to give, if you want to put the giving up there, hey. Um, 
If you guys want to give, as always, you can give in person. Our little box is right by the door. You can uh, give by Venmo or by PayPal. So we thank you guys for helping to keep the bills paid, keeping the lights on, um, and giving to your church. All right. Anything else? We're good? You guys ready to go? Okay. I'm going to pray, and then we'll go. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for who you are. God, thank you for giving us different revelation. Thank you for giving us new revelation to your scripture. Thank you for drawing us to understand what you really mean by the words that were used. God, that we don't just take man's opinion or, or, or man's truth, Father, that we press in and we say, Jesus, what do you say? Father, you tell us. We want to know your heart, God. We say that this is your house, that this is a house for you. And we really mean that, God. We want to be taught by you. We want to know what moves you. We love you, Lord. We honor you. We lift your name up. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Lyric House Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you, and we encourage you to share with your family and friends. Remember, the gospel is good news, and good news is worth sharing. If you want to get involved or see what's happening next, make sure to follow us on social media. Until next week, we love you, and God bless.